Sun, the world is round. It goes around the sun. Get me a big laser pointer and a few meter sticks and I can prove it to you. And that's the truth. That's not the truth because of science. What you saw there at the end of the world was a sliver of another kind of truth taking hold. I'm going to tell you the secret. The big secret that you've known your entire life. The Department of Truth, Volume 1, The End of the World. Written by James Tinian IV. Art by Martin Simmons. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. This is Josh Buckley. And my podcast, Paranoid Tinfoil Hat Wearing pal is the one the only you want the truth ah, i think you can handle it travis rats here <laughs> travis and i on the comic exposure podcast dive deep into a graphic novel or a trade and you are with us on one of those comic book club episodes where we are reading department of truth a uh image comic book james uh tinian doing the uh writing on it uh simmons i can't remember the first name doing the art and martin then Boddicker, simmons Martin Simmons and Boddicker doing the art and lettering and all that good stuff. A, uh, a interesting tale. And with us to explore this, a weird book to have uh, this man on the show with us. But we wanted to bring our pal Dr. Dan on for a show that wasn't about a superhero. I think Dan has only read superhero books for, with us. That's Maybe. true. And so we thought, let's bring on Dan for a book. And this is a newer book. Um, I had read the first issue of it, and I was like, well, that's super weird. Let's do it. So, Dan, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. I love being here. And I have been asking for the audience at home. I've been, I really like how Josh follows the randos. And we have a group text where we submit things to each other. And he's always finding these weird artists that I like I've never even heard of. And I've been asking, let's do something weird that I would never pick up. And guess what I did? I found something weird that you probably would never have just picked up. Even if you read what it was about, you probably wouldn't have picked it up. I don't know that I, I don't know that with the elevator pitch for this book, I would have read it. Right. But the cover looks super weird. And I was looking through comiXology. I said, well, that cover looks weird. Let's check it out. And and the art made me want to read it. Travis, do you want to give us a brief uh, sort of elevator pitch for what this book is about? Good luck. I sure. cannot wait to hear this. All right. Let me just get my tinfoil hat on here. Ooh, it fits nicely. I made mine. I don't know if you snug. noticed, but I made mine kind of like Jughead style, like the little crown. And it has, it. To be, it has to fit snug. Otherwise, the government can read your thoughts. So. Yeah. My fro is sticking out the bottom of it, though. I don't know if, if that's going to cause any. You wouldn't be making fun of that. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably the best line. So the Department of Truth uh, really follows our protagonist, Cole, who is in, uh, starts off the story as an agent for some government branch like FBI or if I forget which one it is, NSA, something like that. 
And basically this story, uh, volume one, follows a Cole as he's being pulled into this new world of conspiracy. And so Cole is really uh, is gets recruited by a department called the Department of Truth. And the key element that we're going to be talking about here is the part in this world of the comic book, uh, conspiracy theories uh, are real when enough people believe in them. So really the way this world works is if enough people believe in something, then the world conforms to that belief and part of that, uh, whatever they believe becomes real. Uh, and so in the case of conspiracy theories, this might be like if you believed in the Kennedy magic bullet uh, theory, then part of that is true. If you believed in lizards living under the streets of New York, you believe sewers, in lizard people, then lizard people exist. And the Department of Truth is kind of like a men in black type organization. But instead of keeping control of aliens, their job is to keep control of the truth, to regulate the truth by eliminating any beliefs that get out of control, any uh, conspiracy theories or paranoia that becomes popular enough to actually create some truth and to give that theory life, these agents have to go out there and contain that new truth. Uh, and so that's the Department of Truth that he's recruited for. On the opposite side of them is an organization called the Black Hat. Uh, and the Black Hat is, I guess we could talk about this. They don't, I think that's what the story kind of builds towards is really what is this organization? Shadow, of, shadow organization trying to upend reality, right? Yeah. Um, and, and they pull, they, that, they start to pull in coal too. So it's this kind of battle of truths and departments who are deciding what the people should know, what information should be given out to them, and what should be considered truth or not. And this is, it dives into a couple like hot button conspiracy theories, a lot of modern history in it. I was surprised at that. Like, I, I like it really goes like, okay, let's talk about Obama birth certificates, right? Like it goes, it goes into that. It goes into <laughs> school shootings, right? Like all of this stuff is in here real out there sort of like conspiracy theory stuff and not even out there stuff, just stuff that's kind of been in the, the ether right now. Right. Like mm -hmm. it was super prescient. It was for like, by the way, Travis, nice work. I was going to say was, it was, it was really good as, as like I was possessed. That well. <laughs> I couldn't have explained it that well. Cause I, I that's, this is proof that you need an English teacher sometimes. Cause I, I got about, I could have explained about 70% of what you said, but I, I felt like I needed to reread it again. And I kept waiting somewhere around book three. It started making more sense to me. Yeah. You know, like a lot of exposition. Of, he was definitely setting up the universe there. Uh, and what I thought was, I just looked it up. To, according to this imagecomics.com, the first one was published September 30, 2020. And yeah. it's like, yeah, no, no shit. It was because it's really <laughs> like uh, 20, 20, 20, 21. Wasn't it so odd, like seeing these because we're so used to reading older stuff or even stuff that's two or three years older and it's not based in reality. So to see things like Obama birth certificate and some of these other things that are or QAnon, uh, QAnon. Yeah. Uh, mentioned in there, I'm like. Wow, it's it's such a weird experience reading something that's so topical or as you use prescient um on on here. And I was like, oh right, this is this is a new comic book. 
Yeah, it's been a while. I think that's the other thing. It's been a while since we've read. So I guess like we read that Wonder Woman book, which was new, but not like it's Wonder Woman. Right. So it's kind of timeless and it was post-apocalyptic. So it doesn't really point to anything. But this is a very based in reality, although not book. Right. Mm. Um, So let's let's talk about. Let's talk about the story. Can I say a point on that that, that to elevate the comic form? There was an old DVD in like 04 where they would take a DVD and they would comic panel. They would motion move across comic panels and they used Kevin Smith's Guardian Daredevil run. And at the back was all these, the House of Marvel. And it was before the first Iron Man was out and Joe Quesada was still the editor-in-chief and they had chris claremont of x-men and he said something about comics i'll never forget he goes it's one of the few art forms where you can from genesis to production to product like the idea is still fresh yeah and i saw that very much in this story of i mean he was super of the time like right now you know like right and And that it does really no you're right it does feel like he he was writing it very close to when it was being created right mm-hmm. um and i i think that that's that's super that's super i mean that's how marvel used to get away with being very political right like mm-hmm. people don't want to think comic that their marvel comic books were political but like what is you know, the X-Men and Black Panther and all that stuff early on. And, and Luke Cage dealt with a lot of that stuff because you could write about it. Then the next month it comes out, right? Like you write it and someone draws it and colors it. And the next month it could hit stands, right? Um, now I think it's usually about a three month lag for people to order through Diamond, right? So they're usually right. about, it's usually about three or four months, you know, that that those are, but I mean, like, you can pre-order before it's finished. Um, but I think really you're, you're right, Dan, this is like one of those things where the turnaround time is quick. So you can be real on top of the news. You can be real on top of what's going on that you can't really be on with a sitcom. You can't really be, I mean, you like reality TV might be the only thing. Like, remember, was it like, was it big brother when nine 11 happened? I only watched the simple life of Paris Hilton. <laughs> I can't remember if it was like Big Brother or whatever, like one of the, or maybe it wasn't 9 11, but something tragic happened. And like, they're like, we have to tell, like, you're supposed to be secluded in these things. And they're like, no, we have to pull these people out and tell them about it. Like, because it's happening. Right if they didn't. If they were right. like, <laughs> what? Who did it's what? Been, you what now? Um, but so let, let's talk a little bit about the premise. premise the, yeah. The, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the premise and the idea of this. And like I said, to kind of start off with, like the elevator pitch, I think, Travis, you again, you probably did a better job than I would have done. But just if you were to give me those a really small elevator pitch to this, and the elevator pitch is there's an organization that's trying to keep conspiracy theories from being real, I'd be like, eh. Like you could play that in a bunch of different ways, right? You could goofy buddy cop it. You could sci-fi it. You could, you know what I mean? You could do mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff with it and in in it's hard to explain how sort of grungy and dirty and like noir this book is if you explain what it's about, right? Because when you explain what it's about, it seems kind of cartoonishly goofy. Like there's this organization, it wants to make sure that conspiracy theories aren't real. But then when you read it, the premise, I, I think, 
and we'll get to the art a little later. I think the art really helps us out. But what do you guys think of sort of that overall premise that in this reality, conspiracy theories can be real? And are conspiracy theories good fodder for a well, story? I think there there's two jumps you have to have in, in this one. I think what makes this more grounded is unlike Men in Black, okay, we have to believe that there's aliens first. Okay, okay, you have that, you believe that? Okay, now there's an organization that that controls them. This one it's not a big leap to assume that there are agencies out there or agencies that we know of who have people in there whose job it is to keep track of the media, to be on top of that, yeah. to put out false media. I mean, we have records uh, of where our government has done this. They've put out false stories or or, or uh, 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 blown the whistle on false stories that, that are put out there. So that leap isn't as hard to make as something like, oh, right. unicorns, uh, a, a magic exists, and these are the magic police. Aliens exist, and now these are the alien police. So it's yeah. they've removed one of the steps of disbelief because we're already like, okay, shadowy agent organizations that try to control the people through media and cover-ups. Mm, okay. <laughs> doesn't yeah. seem that strange right <laughs> yeah it, it, it seemed like stephen colbert's word of truthiness mixed with the trump administration's total disregard for the truth thrown into a book and this writer's like studying that a very bi and, and very bipartisan way yeah and he's not he's not afraid to poke himself in the eye there's a line that goes we're not men in black do you remember that line yeah, where yeah. we don't have the baby the flashers? Yeah, yeah, we don't have that. And because because he had to like freaking shoot a guy. Remember, like yeah. I, there was some stuff in here where I was like, "Wow, that went dark." Right? I I really think like this is, um, I, I I think that I think that the idea that yes, this is not such a big leap to make because he doesn't do lizard people, right? Like, I think he even addresses that. Like, that's too fringe. Like, we're not worried about that. He, there is lizard people what, in this at the end, though. Right, I know. But, like, <laughs> it's this, right? But it's this weird thing where a lot of this ends up being, what are the, what are you concerned about? And the conspiracy theories are, like, ones where lots of people, like, believe them. Because I think we now, now that we live in this world of YouTube and you can write and you can like film a video and put whatever you want up. Right. So, uh, loose change being, I think the, if I could pinpoint a time, like a thing where I go like, okay, this is when conspiracies became really easy for a lots of people. A genre almost. Well, yeah. Or lots of things for, for where it was really easy for people to believe in them was that sort of, you know, 9-11 conspiracy theory loose change thing. Because it was all over the internet. You could watch it on YouTube. Anybody could watch it, right? It, you didn't have to, like, subscribe to somebody's rando newsletter that you found in the back of, like, Wizard Magazine, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you could, you could literally... You could be like, I heard some people talking about this and Google it and find it. And so this lives in a very sort of modern... Modern time period because we can find this information so much and there's even an alex jones character in here mm -hmm. um and i really like about the one about the school shooting and i was like oh you this book exists because we live in this digital 24-hour news era right like you it would have been hard to write this and not have it seem really weird or goofy had it been written in the 70s or 80s, mm -hmm. right? It's, it seems to me, what I've been saying to people is the internet is the place where conspiracy theories go to grow. 
right? Yeah. You would think back in the 90s, we used to think the internet would spread truth. And what we found is it's actually really good at s- spreading the opposite. And it's funny to me that uh, he never brings up the internet. Well, I guess he does bring up the internet to some extent, but it's almost a critique of the internet and conspiracies just germinating the like, like wildfire. Yeah. And it, you can believe anything you want because now you'll find like-minded individuals who say it's true. So it's a pretty sophisticated thesis about our modern life. At one point he yeah. talks about this and um, he talks about there in the department, there's other characters in there. There's like this young woman who's kind of like, you know, caffeined out and she's like the, you know, new kind of hipper person. Then you have the old yeah. school conspiracy guy who's wearing a tinfoil hat. And he was talking about, he goes, that's what's wrong with you young kids today. You have the internet running through your bodies and these wireless Wi-Fi yeah. Bluetooth signals yeah. through all day. He goes, no wonder we're so messed up. And there were, that's an example of what, what I loved about this book is I'm not a huge conspiracy guy, but there are, th- there are moments in here where his dialogue is so s- strong and so to the point and uh, uh, open for interpretation that there are moments that hit me really hard where I had to take a look at him like, oh my God, yeah, this is what our society is like. The, the Department of Truth really does a good job of, of painting succinctly uh, uh, a tone. Uh, a, a societal tone that we're in right now and yeah. and uh, the various powers that are controlling that tone and the strongest being us, the consumers and purveyors of these stories. Uh, right. And it was, I was like, holy smokes. I'm like, because the, the further I kept getting into this, I'm like, there is no answer to this. No, no. And that's the crazy, that's the crazy thing about it is, there's one issue that I thought one of the issues where they kind of explore the Kennedy thing and how mm-hmm. really that's how we set up Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it takes this whole entire story of like Obama becoming president. You could go all the way back to the Kennedy administration. Like that's what brings this person, this Manchurian candidate to light. And that felt like, I don't know how much research he did, on some of these, I got to imagine there was a ton of research because it felt, it didn't feel far fetched that someone would believe that, right? Like all of these sort of conspiracy theories, even the ones that you're like, well, that's kind of goofy, right? Like, we're like, wow, that was really well written. The explanation yeah. of that felt very like, oh, Cliff Notes. I, I okay. know exactly what page you're talking about. It's a two page spread, and he, he yeah. weaves it up at the top, and then he weaves it down there at the bottom. And there's a panel where they say, uh, go get that boy, William Jefferson Clinton, out of line to shake hands with the president, you know? Yeah. I thought that was, yeah. In in fact, the whole novel, I couldn't figure out, is he endorsing this? Is he mocking it? Is it just a a statement about it? Because at times I was like, what's he saying to me right now? Is he he saying he's buying this? Is this right? And then I, I don't see how he it oozes crazy research. Right. And the, right. Pro- the problem with that kind of research into this kind of subject matter, it's it's that whole power dynamic. It's like, oh, you're going to make a change until you get in power. Then you realize how futile it is. Right. Uh, and then here, I don't understand how someone can go this deep dive of research into conspiracy 
and not and and still be so partisan in its layout of it in a story because you would think going into it you would be sucked into it. I I don't go on to those. Yeah, I, I'm nonpartisan. Nonpartisan. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Um, Keep going. And and I, you to get sucked into this world. I don't even conspiracy theories that interest me. I don't go into. I don't go researching because I know right. I'm so susceptible to that. Because it's it's just like yum 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 yum. It's the same reason I don't watch reality television shows because I'm like, all right, when I do, I'll watch them for twenty hours. You know, it's one of those right. things that's so yeah. absorbing. So for him to do the research and not get fully absor- absorbed into it, where this comes out as kind of like this conspiracy manifesto. And I think what they do in here is by using the character of Cole to represent us, like Cole, even though he joins the Department of Truth, is not fully convinced that he's doing the right thing. Uh, they're forcing right. him to do things he does not morally agree with. And at the end, the last issue, we see the other side, the Black Hat uh, Hat Corporation co- coming in and giving him another side. And so he does, he, we do step into his shoes and he does represent the everyman, even though he's highly trained, highly intellectual, highly observant person, more so than the average person, he is still morally like us. Yeah, I think the one thing that I think that this does really well is it, and then you just made, you you like said this turn at the end, right? The entire time you're like, okay, the Department of Truth is stopping some crazy stuff, right? Like lizard people. And right, (laughs) like it's it's stopping stuff. And then at one point at that very end, they're like, yeah, but how do you know what, what realities that they've changed because they like that conspiracy better than reality. Right. And so they let you believe that. Right. And so it became, they are the arbiters of what is real. They curators of the truth, not protectors. Right. Right. And I thought, I thought that was like a really interesting sort of take on it. And I think that that to Dan's point, it's really hard to go like, what is the message, right? Like what is the, 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 idea behind this and i'm in it i am in it to keep going with it because it's very interesting it's fa- the the one issue that i one of the, the storylines that, that sticks out with me the most i think is the one with the mom whose son was killed in the school shooting and i think as a as a teacher that probably rings right um because of you know, like that's the last thing you want to have happen when you're a teacher. Like you've been, you know, if you've had to be in a lockdown drill before, right? Um, if if you've if you've worried about that, to like know that there are people who believe that those school shootings are fake, it hurts, right? Like as an educator, it hurts that people would, because I, being an educator, you automatically like you have a heart for those kids, and so like I don't know the kids who got shot in those, in those things, but like, as an educator, I can't imagine having to go through that in my own classroom, in my own school. And to know that there are people out there who believe that, that it's a false flag, that it's, that there are actors, that issue like hit that, that mom was even like so susceptible to it that she believed it, right. That she like, because the promise of like getting her son back if she believed it was super compelling. Right. And then at the end when they're like, well, we destroyed it, but she could have gotten her son back if we let her believe it. And then the one, like his partner goes, well, no, because we don't know what happens after that. Mm -hmm. We could make it a false flag, but we could say that that 
it could end up that that kid ended up being killed to keep him quiet and all this stuff. So you don't know that she's going to get this, this sunny outcome of getting her kid back. We just know that it would, it would paint this picture of it. It's such a, it was it also, that issue it leaves you, really it leaves good. you. Cause she the mom is left with this. They've taken all the ability for her to prove that this could be true. The conspiracy could be true, but right. they don't like, as you say, men in black her. Yeah. They so, don't men in black her. Yeah. So she, they're like, Cole's like, what's going to happen to her? They're like, well, she'll probably go on and saying these things and people will believe that she's crazy and her life will be ruined by it. And yeah. then you start thinking about those people on the street corner, you know, like who are <laughs> pleading the truth. You know, this right. happened. My baby was taken by eagle people. And you're like, get out of here. Like, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Those eagle people are sounding Maybe. pretty. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to, this is probably one of the, one of the better new books I've read in a, in a while. Right. Like mm. I've been dipping my toe in and out of new books. Um, and I don't like, I know we're not to the like, Ooh, what do you think about this book? Yeah. What's your, would you recommend it or anything? Cause I still want, we still got to talk about art, but I, although I agree with Dan, like it took about till issue three where I got like some fingernails into what was going on. There wasn't a time when an issue ended where I was like, I don't want to read the next one. Right. I needed to know what the next piece yeah. of it was. Cause they he had strong endings. If you think of it as a comic, one single comic. The, right. the rule of the comic is have a good ending. The, I really like the, the the first book. Is it the first book where they show the end of the world? Flat Earth. Yeah. Like still, yeah, you know, the flat Earth. Yeah, still kind of. I want to go back and reread that. And then the lady with X's on her eyes, and then the end with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, me, I was like, oh, 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 the cover. Oh, I see. <laughs> And I kept waiting for the pieces to fall. And then he'd give you another random piece that maybe doesn't have another piece yet. I, yeah. Well, I like which Lee Harvey Oswald is he, you know? Right. That's, that's, the, that's the, that's the weird part about it. Like there's like, you, you said it, Travis, this took some serious sort of, it feels like it took a whole bunch of research and there has to be, you know, like, you see those folks who like are conspiracy theorists and they have the web on their wall with the pieces of string yeah. and all that. I feel like writing this has to look like that. Right. Like all of the things that are connected together, you've got an outline somewhere where this conspiracy theory connects to this one. And if you believe this, then it's it's not a leap of it's not a leap to believe this one. And all of that was it's he says that one of the characters says, Don't move the string. Right, yeah. Don't yeah. move, don't move it. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that as far as a storytelling st standpoint, what I really loved about this book is so often um, it doesn't make them bad stories, uh, but so often you go into a story and you and you you find the dots. You're like, oh, I know what kind of story this is going to be, yeah. and you know the inevitable conclusion, and you're just seeing how we how we get there. You the themes are established early, um, and this one, and what I love about this this story is it represents a type of storytelling. That is, it, it exists in formula in the sense of the shadowy organization. But I, like we said, we, we all said, we don't know where he's going. We don't know what the answer is. Is he trying to give us an answer? Is he? Is there a side on here? So we're the story is unraveling, and I feel that 
I am right there. Like the the author and I, like this is coming out of his brain and we're exploring this together. I, I have no yeah. idea where this is going to go, but he's established trust in his dialogue, how well he writes it and how well researched it seems to be and how well plotted and paced it is that I trust that we're going somewhere, which sometimes you're reading a story like, I don't know where this is going, but I don't really I don't think this is going anywhere because the author hasn't given me credibility that he can take this stewardship of this story. Right. This guy right. has full stewardship over this story. I don't know where it's going. And I'm like, just take me there. Right. I think so. I, the only other time I've kind of think, and this is, this might not be the best sort of, uh, like black connection science. to it. But no, if well, I get Black Science are really is a really good book that I feel, I think it does tread that sort of black sciencey line. I was gonna say like in modern media, something like Lost felt like mm, mm, where yeah. I'm a totally totally different concept, totally different thing. But the idea that like what the hell is going on? They have a master plan that I don't know about because all like oh here's this next new thing and how does it can you know it connected somehow? Now that didn't end very well, right? But like watching it when it first came out feels very much like this not in genre not in tone but in sort of like the unexpected random connectedness right. of the story where it feels like you have no idea where it's going but it feels like there's a, a it feels like there's going to be a giant master plan i don't know what it is but i want to find out what it is right two like key, I'm, I'm here for the ride two key things the storyteller needs to establish uh, intrigue and trust uh, in their audience. And I have both of those. This guy has got me, uh, you know, like I'm intrigued and I trust him based on his style and how he's he's laid out everything so far. Dan, are you yeah. a conspiracy guy? I don't know. I, 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 do you find no, yourself? So, not typically. I, so, but then I think Noam Chomsky says they just use that word to throw you off to make it sound like, he goes, Noam Chomsky has this great line. He goes, Conspiracy theories just mean a group of people made a plan and set it through. And that happens every day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, not really until I'm proved otherwise, but I'm open to them. You I, know? I love that we just elevated the intellectual, uh, <laughs> the intellectual ability of like the intellectual thought process on this, on this podcast just went up a few more notches because Dan uh, referenced uh, Noam Chomsky. So I appreciate that, Dan. I think they use terms like, so I have a friend at work and I tease her about her tinfoil hats because particularly during the age of COVID and Trump in the past calendar year. That's what this feels like the perfect time for this to come out, right? Yeah, because and that character who pops up and I'm like, they're talking, about, that's my joke. I've been saying that at work, you know, like <laughs> they're talking about a tinfoil hat. And, uh, so it's easy to dismiss conspiracy theories because we use that word, I think, from a Mel Gibson movie. And it's just a way to, like, throw it away and discount it. But that doesn't mean that people in positions of power don't execute plans all the time. Right, right. You know what so, I mean? Yeah. So here's what, here's what I want to do. Like, I think one of the most important pieces of this book is the art um, by well, before uh, we get into Simmons. Before we get yeah. into art, because we're only about half an hour into this, um, is I, I want to talk to you. Uh, uh, you guys are a little bit a little bit older than me. Um, and I don't remember this. You want to so, talk about satanic panic? Yeah, exactly. That's satanic? exactly what I wanted to talk about. So they yeah. talked about, they, they, they went through like the stages of, 
you know, it was the red scare, right? Uh, yeah. Was was how these conspiracy people. I'm not even sure which department is is for what in this story. Like, which one is for uh, uh, yeah. keeping people uh, under? Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, uh-huh. And so one of the things that's at play is that for you know. Post World War II, it was the Red Scare was the way we would drum up kind of fear or compliance within the populace. And then then that became they changed the Red Scare to a different Red Scare, which is Satan, you know, with like Reagan coming up. Uh, Should we do a classic comic exposure SNL? um, (laughs) Go ahead. Hit it, Josh. I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let you do it. Uh, Could it be Satan? <laughs> Could it be we, Satan? <laughs> we had a running Dana Carvey has somehow worked his way into about eight uh, episodes every, of last year. A, a Dana Carvey being anyone is uh, so. I, I, Dana is, that, is, dance, is that the Dan- Dana uh, Carvey conspiracy <laughs> comic exposure? It might be that we are uh, actually one person. We are actually one Isn't person. Dana, I love Dana yeah. Carvey. Yeah. Um, um, so talk to me about Satanic Panic. So I Dan's a little older than I am, so he might have a little more to me. But I remember, so the age of televangelism was super real, man. Like Jack Van Impey. Do you ever? Did you guys ever see that on like? Okay, so Jack Van Impey was this this TV televangelist. He used to talk about the end times are coming and all of this stuff is going to happen. Um, and he was big on like local channels right it was like on sunday you could buy the time on sunday because networks wouldn't put anything on the air right and so i remember watching it would just be on television it was so goofy and so weird like jack van impey talking about the end of the world um but it was that whole thing like dungeons and dragons is satan heavy metal music is satan rap music is satan like all of that was very much real. My mom was like, you can't listen. I mean, this is like the 90s, but my mom was like, you can't listen to Marilyn Manson because Marilyn Manson is Satan. Did you have right? anything like um, that, Dan? Like, would your parents I really remember, do something because of Satanic Panic? I remember living in Kansas in the 80s and Satan being very feared. <laughs> and that was when I was going to church. And I remember Dana Carvey doing that skit on Saturday Night Live when I was about 10 years old and making... But my family... We, I remember other, my mom was more progressive and we were allowed to watch things like that. But I remember her being the bad mom in the neighborhood for allowing us to. I definitely remember the byproduct, byproducts of that. And I remember like, like the Simpsons was evil. The Simpsons was crazy evil. The Simpsons was crazy. Like, I remember my mom didn't want me to watch Married with Children. Yeah, same. Or, right? Or, yeah, yeah. Fox, Fox, Fox was the devil, right? Uh-huh. Which is funny now because you look at right. Fox News, but in the eighties and like in the nineties, in the eighties and nineties, Fox Television Network was like the raciest thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now Gabby could probably pop in here and tell us about her. Her mom was one of those folks who went evangelical Christian in the eighties. Right. And Gabby couldn't watch anything, couldn't like listen to certain music and all of this stuff because everything was very much the devil. Right. I had friends who who didn't know pop music because their parents like I didn't meet them until we were like teenagers, but they'd never heard. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Martin. Any bees in to superstition, black cats and voodoo dolls. Your mom's like, no, mijo. No, no, no. Black cats, (laughs) voodoo dolls. Like mom, it's Ricky no. Martin. 
Right. So like I had like I had friends who literally didn't know who Guns N' Roses were. And I was like, how have you never heard a Guns N' Roses song? <laughs> Their parents wouldn't let them listen to actual music, like no radio. They could only listen to Christian music because like it was Satan, like it was the devil. And so that's the like that stuff. I remember that, but I don't have any sort of like. I don't remember. Oh, oh, do you guys remember the card game? Not magic. What was the vampire one? Remember the oh, magic uh, was the only one that that's satanic panic for sure. No, but there was one that was that was I like saying vampire the panic. Vampire the masquerade. Vampire the masquerade was like Nerd. was like magic. Yes, uh, it was it was a it was a deck building game. But I remember there were like news stories of like kids playing it, and they're like they murdered their girlfriend's family and drank their blood all because of this card game. And like a friend of mine had the card game and my mom was like, no, <laughs> like just cause it was in the ether, all of this stuff. And, and, um, but yeah, that's, I really never thought about it as a genre being, of conspiracy, right? Like, a, a, like tied, a movement. Yeah. Right. Or being tied to the need for, um, like subjugating people. Right. Right. Like that was something I was like, Oh, I wouldn't even think about it that but way. But for a comic, right? it was so smart to bring that era uh, as our protagonist yes. grew up in as, cause then you get to bring in all these freaky characters, like his childhood Babadook figure demon uh, yeah. Yeah. thing. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's so much more that hooks the, the fantasy comic book readers more than um, like six issues about JFK shooting. Or right, like right. more communist talk. I don't want to hear them make Russians or Soviets the enemy and the shadowy figures in this. Make it like demonic people. That's so it's such a right. cool choice. It's a it's a different way to explore the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. It's a different way to explore the eighties as opposed to every. Hey, remember you know, the eighties, goat boy. Uh, but but like. Yeah, I, I I thought that 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 issue was really interesting too. I thought that that was kind of, and it's this reoccurring thing, right? Because that's the thing that the black hat is using him, like bring him back in. Don't you want to find out what this is about? Don't you want to know why? And all this stuff. shit, You're right? That's, yeah. it, that's the character's vulnerability, right? That's right, right. Maybe we don't know what side ultimately he's going to go on. Right, right. Um, all right, so let's talk about art now. All right, sorry, John. So let's talk about uh, no, no. I I think for me. The writing is really good in this, but I don't know that I would love this as much if it weren't for how eerie and like um, mood setting the art in this book is. It's very Sinkevich. We've we like we've read some Sinkevich before, Travis. We did that Daredevil book with Sinkevich. Um, Sinkevich did early New Mutants and has done all sorts of stuff. It's just a just a his art is so off the wall. This is very much like that. Every page sometimes feels like a, um, it really feels like art in a, in a, in like a, oh, I not like comic book art, but like brush stroke art, art. art. Yeah, yeah. Like brush stroke art. And at the same time, some of the panels feel like collages and every oh, panel okay. has Every panel has feeling in it. It's so bizarre. I was going to use the word collage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In stencils, there's a few places here where like, it's clearly like you can make that a stencil. 
Yeah. It feels very 80s, like, um, uh, poster, uh, uh, like, you know, uh, street poster. Yeah, yeah. Especially with, like, Reagan, like, crossed out eyes on, on political figures and, and... Yeah, it's very like punk rock. Reds, that, reds on grays and blacks. Here where it looks like, did he tape a drawing onto a drawing? Is that like a piece of tape? That's it, what like, it looks like, right? It, but uh, you can do all this stuff digitally now, right? So it very well could all be digital. I don't know how he works. Layering it. But you can, There's a lot yeah, of it's just tons of layers. You know what I thought was a cool touch was the word balloons. With their right, like their weird, it's it's a double word balloon. It's white with a black. I saw that too. I really like that. Yeah. And it was a weird touch. And you know what he did like crazy well? TV screens. Every closed caption TV in this book is amazing. Oh, that's it's cool. just like pick that out. You look like look at when he does closed captioning. The lines yeah. and the detail yeah. and just enough obscurity. And the 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 weird obscurity goes back to like to the book's obscurity. I still don't know what he's trying to tell me. I still don't know if he's like agreeing with these things or like mocking them or just saying how susceptible we all are. You know what it reminds me of too is Ralph Steadman. You know, the guy who used to, yeah. to do for yeah. Hunter S. Thompson? Yeah. yeah. Especially his demonic figures, the big teeth. It reminds me of that uh, Ralph Steadman uh, yeah. art style. And the dripping, are- the dripping colors. Yeah. I like... Every he's able to evoke so much with just like the difference in color and the difference in like, I love how he does suits and then he'll do a pattern on the suit, but it'll just be like just big block pattern. I mean, like it does. It's very sort of Sienkiewicz looking, but I am here for all of it uh, because it is creepy and awesome and it is detailed when it needs to be. And then he strips all of it away sometimes. And you just get some really basic outlines and you're like, well, damn, that's still really good. Like when there's blood, you're like, wow, you could like, it, it has such an impact because it's done in a real sort of like surrealist way. Right. Or like, maybe that's not the right, you know what I mean? But it's a very sort of like, it's, there's a, you go. No, it, there's just something really special about. I always art think an artist shows his worth or her worth when, when it's deliberately stylistic, and then there's a point where it's deliberately traditional and expert. Like where, like at first you're like, this guy can't draw for squat, and then there's a scene where it's like, no, no, he knows he's got skill. He's deliberately not doing it that way. There's a scene here where they do Barack Obama. And it's a great Barack Obama. And you realize he's purposely not drawing that way the rest of the book. He's purposely doing it to obscure things with pencil and blacks and smudges. A lot of smudges in this book. You know, like a lot of blurring of the lines, which again, I think goes back to the point of the writing. Yeah. Uh, You know? Well, then... in the American flags. I'd like to count how many times you see American flags in there. That looks like a stencil. Also occult symbols. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think like, um, there's some of this is done in such a, so the two panels where we're learning about Barack Obama tied to the Kennedys, tied to the Clintons, tied to Bush, like those two pages 
are like a tour de force in just like layering and storytelling and imagery that are just like, I, it's, he creates such a mood with each of these, with each of these, with each of these issues that is just, it, it, it feels there's feeling on every page. Was this coming out consistently for a month? Cause when I see art like this, yeah. you're like, well, why aren't all comics like this? Not this style, but this caliber of effort into uh, of, of the artist style, pushing it out there. To me, it seems like how can this person do anything else? But cause everything is its own, like you said, art, like each panel is its own like museum quality piece. Like how does someone have the time to fill a whole comic of this style of art. I mean, one comic represents to me what would be like a year of someone's art portfolio of a professional <laughs> artist with right. all everything that's in here. Is it just like digital tools? Like this is someone who has fat figured out how to use digital tooling and um, coloring and all that to just I think so. make I, the process I, quicker. These filters? I think you get to, I think he gets to filter it. He gets it. It's sketchy. All of the art is, I mean, like all of the drawings are very sketchy, right? So you can build all of this with this. And even, I think one of the things I think Travis to that point too, is even though, even though sometimes um, it seems rough in places, but still really good, right? You know what I mean? Like it's purposefully sketchy and perfectly like Dan, you said smudgy, Um but there is still really good facial acting, even though it's, yeah, like even though it's, it's such bizarre art, there's still really good facial acting in all of his figures that it's, oh, it's hard. Wow. It, it's hard to wrap my head around. How okay, okay, so I just looked it up on imagecomics.com. There's a yeah. different artist for issue six and it's much more cartoony hmm. you uh oh like can oh, I boy. oh boy <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> you see josh uh, already go hmm, hmm. things it, that make uh, you go hmm but here's how it might work here's how i think it might work if it's following a conspiracy theory that's how you get a fill-in artist in a book like this. Yeah. You spend an issue on a conspiracy theory right. and you let someone else draw it. Sure. I think you can do it if you do it if you do it right. You know what I mean? Um, I think issue six is out. I'm gonna. I'm, I just. I think I was waiting. I was waiting for us to do this. Huh? Issue, issue six and seven are up. Yeah. So uh, I was waiting. I was waiting to do this episode with you guys before I kept reading because this is one that I that I definitely want to read. So let's 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 talk about. Um, we we've got this art. We've got this. Do you? Would you want? I mean, Travis, you you said like how come every other book doesn't have this sort of caliber of like what feels like art in it sometimes would you want to see where do you think style like this would fit well i'm not talking about this particular style i'm talking about the yeah. the quality of any particular artist's style you know the way comics work is you know a lot of these art artists are working on several books at one time and you know yeah. they're creating this story um and I guess because I'm not a Wednesday warrior, the timeline don't matter as much to me. I want them, you know, because I'll read them in a trade or something like that. Right. So I read them in one. It's like binging it. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if there was a two-year wait between, well, 
right. a couple of them are a little bit ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but I, I was asking myself, I was like, huh, would I mind having a six issue trade of a series come out only once a year and have it represent like a masterwork of that artist's style? Man, I don't know. I, I, I would. I'd lo- I would love it. But I yeah. don't think the model supports that, right? No. Um, but I think we get that with graphic novels, right? But yeah. those are one-off. They're usually not a series. They're usually not done the same way. But I think that this is some super high-quality stuff. You know what else it reminds me of? Um, it's a little more stylized, but it very much has that sort of Mitch Garrett's kind of quality mm. to it when, mm-hmm. he, when he, you know, he did... Uh, um, Sheriff of Babylon. Oh, Sheriff of Babylon and Mr. Miracle. And he's working, uh, he's doing uh, strange adventures right now with, with uh, Tom King. He's done a couple Batman issues, right? It reminds me of that. And he's like a pro at sort of this sort of digital art where it looks super artistic, but it's, it's, he does it all digitally, but it manages to look like pen and ink. And like, he found the right paper for it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what that's what all this feels like he found the right paper to put this on but it's all digital and it's it's just gorgeous it's great and that one panel jazz just showed looked like watercolor in fact my panel looks like watercolor yeah and the smoke is in different color and it's just a tiny little panel in the corner of the thing and there's so much detail to it i don't know right speaking of favorite panel model doesn't support it i think you're right there i was gonna i'm worried that i bought this book for eight dollars on amazon who can who can live on that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Point. So, like, that's probably the reason you don't get the quality in this. Oh, I would love a prestige. Everywhere. I would love a prestige bound print Copy version of, of the of this. Uh, now that so that's what so I don't know how long this is going to be, right? But I think when you make a book like this, this is that give me that coffee table book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, give me that, you know. And so I have. Um, Travis, I, I gave you that copy of that uh, Sienkiewicz Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. So I found two copies of it. That is a book you have to that have I just, it, 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 you have to have it in print. It is so gorgeous. It is so bizarre. I have, he did Electra. He's talking did you, about, did, uh, did you, if you're listening, he's talking about Love and War, Daredevil, Love and War. Yeah, Daredevil, Love and War, Sienkiewicz and Frank Miller, right? Oversized. And then he, yeah, and he did another one with Frank Miller. He did Electra. Um, he did an Electra series with Frank Miller. That is, it is so weird. Mm-hmm. Dan, if you haven't read it, you need to read it. Um, Sinkevich did an electric, an Electra story, uh, Electra assassin is what it's called. Listen to it while, uh, uh or w- read it while listening to like an eighties, uh, Spotify playlist. Yeah. It's, it'll be, it'll, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Brought, yeah. I, I've seen the art from this over and over. Yeah, I, uh, it, I've never read it. So like that Daredevil run, that 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 uh, Wilson Fisk is the one from the Miles Morales movie from Into the Spider-Verse. They um, literally took that Sinkevich design and were like, yeah, that's what he looks like in the in the Marvel and that cartoon. He looks exactly like that. Already. Yeah. Um, so favorite panels. I, so let's favorite panels. All right, Dan, you said you had yours. What I have mine up favorite? and running. The moment I saw it, I knew it because I actually read it this way. And before I want to give a shout, it's I think this guy would be fantastic at Batman. In fact, it reminded me of the Batman Arkham. graphic novel. It reminds Arkham. me of like Arkham Knights, right? Or uh, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, yeah. The Batman paint. 
Yeah, with uh, Alan Moore, I want to say. Yep. Or was uh, okay? This or one maybe right Grant here. Morrison. Grant Morrison or Grant, Alan Moore? I can't yeah. remember. Uh, it might, yep. Yeah, I forgot. I know you're. This I, one right here. Oh yeah, it's good. Where one. you follow the thing down? Oh and god, no okay. words. I thought it was just at, like an expert storyboard writer. Like the whole thing, they're at her house. She's looking out. She waits him out. She thinks she wins. And then the very last scene, some dude's right there. And I have to say, I got a little like, oh, wow. Like, the you know, pa- like, it created great pacing, right? Like, there are some, yeah. the way that he uses panels in here really paces it out and really hits those time beats. And it feels very tense at times. Um, which is just a testament to just the sort of quality of the art in this, right? That you can feel time, you know? Yeah. Uh, Travis, what's yours? Uh, mine, God, there's so many to choose from, but I went, I'm always curious about when like an, not indie cause image, but when a new comic book starts is the iconography of it all. It's like, well, we, we yeah. know the bat symbol. We know the Superman symbol. Uh, um, <laughs> Like for, oh God, what is the Matthew Vaughn book? Uh, Brian saga? K. Vaughn, Brian K. Vaughn, uh, uh, Saga. Saga, so Saga, yeah. it, it's missing, we, it hasn't really established that iconography yet. We're like, that's that book. But when I turn to this page and when we first uh, meet the uh, uh, the woman in red and she yeah. has the X on her eyes, that red in there pops out, you see that. What a great character design uh, we don't get to know a lot about this character the color on there just pops i'm immediately intrigued it's so punk rock to me that i'm like that's iconography yeah the x's are so like every cover reminds me you said it earlier like of a, a show poster right like yeah. an 80s yeah. like an 80s very like reagan sucks Mm-hmm. poster right like reagan hates me like i have that, i have that deucey shirt the deucey hates me shirt and it reminds me of that sort of very 80s punk rock aesthetic right yeah um mine is just a couple pages later from yours and it's the scene where they get in the airplane to go after they've uh at the edge of the world right he meets the the woman in red um and they shoot everybody outside of the airplane yeah. and it's yes. hard to see on this but the, see, the bottom panel the bottom panel is just the plane and then all of the bodies. And it's that same red that's in her dress. He uses that same red throughout this book all the time. Um, it's the same red that shows up on the cover of every issue. And it just makes this eerie, ugly pop because there's snow and there's the dead bodies. And there's when you see that red, you know, it's a da- it's danger. You know, it, it's, it's right. something shit's about to go right. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so here who we, we got, recommend gotta this ask, to. Yeah. We gotta ask question. Who do you give this to? Who do you give this to? Because I will tell you the art would be tough. I think for someone who isn't a comic book reader, but also good for someone who's not a comic book reader, right? Like it, it, it might bring someone in who goes like, I don't, I don't, comic books are, they're, they're kitty. They're, you know, I don't, you know, it's not artistic enough. Like the art does that. But if you are expecting a normal read of a comic book, this might not be it, you know, Dan. If, oh, guys, I, I want to, I want to uh, let uh, Dan go. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to step on his toes. <laughs> 
No, I'm thinking uh, you either got to give it to a comic book fan, reader, devout devotee, like I read comic books and comic novels, or maybe a Hollywood producer or some dude at Netflix. <laughs> you know, you got to give that, that person that story. I don't think you give this to a lay person at all, like somebody dipping their toes looking for Spider-Man. I, I give them, you know, the multiverse Spider-Man movie to sell comics, but this, <laughs> you have to be already sold to the medium. That's my opinion on that. Yeah. Well, I think Josh, you're right about the art. Uh, even when I, because I had it's actually, a double-edged sword, right? Yeah, I, it's it a is. double-edged sword. It is because it, it's especially for newbies, just figuring out panel pacing and the order to read panels can be a little bit tough. Um, so for this, there's there's a, word, I got lost, guys. I have to tell you, there was a few places like, do I go left? Do I go right? And then I had to go back to first grade. You go left to right first. Mm -hmm. And then down, there's a few times where I had to like, no, I'm reading this. Okay, I, I have to go back. There's a couple times where he does full page spreads. And because mm -hmm. it's so, it doesn't follow a normal format. There's no panels sometimes. That can get tricky, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I felt like in that, that, that's where they might be doing this all digital, but I think they still have a love of paper. Because I think that would be easier to read with paper. You know, like I think you'd find the pacing better than when you're on a Kindle or something like that. It's flat and it's small versus if you had a full page book, you yeah. probably have a better feel for it. Literally a tactile feel for the pacing. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I think about doing so, sometimes people find out like I'll do like, oh, you do a podcast. I'm like, what's it on? And there's always this intrepidation. I'm like, well, it's on comic books, you know, right? It's because... You know, because you you want to you want to follow that statement with about two hour conversation about how this is an important medium. In fact, some of the best stories being told on the planet right now are happening in comic book form. It's not just superheroes, although that stuff can be great. If if I had to follow that 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 sentence up with a book that encapsulates all that comics can do and be, I would hand him this book. Uh, that would be, I mean, it's a lot to be like, um, I do a comic book podcast and then just slide this in their face and be like, don't just don't say anything. Just read this. And then, then we can talk about why I do it. And what do you talk yes. about? And, and what's the point of doing a comic book podcast? <laughs> that would be a book like this. There are other ones like this too. And I'm not, I'm not bashing superhero books because, uh, that's a big part of why I do this podcast as well is the, the high adventure of, of, these impossible heroes um but this is when we talk about the uh medium of comics being a sometimes the best place to tell a story and uh this this to me epitomizes that but i wouldn't give it to it, a, for sure a, a teenagers would be tougher if i was like hey you like comics mr rats recommend me something i don't know if i'd give them department of truth no, I would tell you that this is for someone who wants to explore how how much the medium can stretch, how different it can be, um, and but you're right, you, you don't give it to someone who's like, I'm looking for a fun comic to read. Yeah, maybe not this one. I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking for something interesting and intense, and I don't think you could. I don't think that I think you could give this to someone who's not steeped in comics. They just have to want something. They be curious. They have to be curious about the Yeah. Movie. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is one of those things Dan also you said it. I I but at the same time it's again it's this double-edged sword. 
yes, some producer needs to see this because I think it, like this is this is something where you're like, how is that not a TV series, right? Oh, it will. But be. let's be honest. Let's be honest. It won't be this good. No, it won't be. Because this is a medium that can create a visual thing that you cannot do in television. You cannot do in film. You couldn't get away with the way this demon looks. Yeah, it's going to be what? X-Files on like a Netflix X-Files type show, but with conspiracy theories? Yeah. Anymore, anymore. You know what movie ruined comic book movies is uh, Multiverse. That movie's in love with comic books with the four dot print and the fonts and the Batman pals. And, you know, they're... It's like an homage to comic medium that's right. still a, somehow a movie. I think back when I think about the Justice League movies, they're so earnest and they're so gritty that you do lose something with the suspense. It's, it's telling a fantasy story with still images. Yeah. Right. And then when you have live action or live a- animation or whatever the word is, animation, you lose. I see where you're going with that, Josh. It's, yeah, like uh, one of these stills here that do it. These full page spreads that create art, right? That is like a it is a a um a mural essentially that tells part of the story. You can you could convey what it's saying in a movie or in a TV show, but it will not feel the same as like the mom with the gun to the kid's head and she and like the boy has x's over his eyes and it's this panel of them with the american flag behind like you can't do that in movies unless you're gonna go like and make a scanner darkly right Mm. or you're gonna make like a very sort of off the wall adaptation of it Mm -hmm. right and own that you're creating this otherworldly thing that's a deep cut. I yeah, that. that actually works really well. That Richard Linkletter style of animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, okay, this is a tough I, one. I, so I, wanna... I, I apologize too. I usually like to squeeze in a little more dick and fart jokes, but I just wanted to talk. This is such a nice, good book. I just wanted to gush over it and just like pick it with you guys and be like, hey, is this as good as I thought it was? It was good. It was. It was. It was All right. So here's what I don't know. Are you going to read issue six and seven? I'm going to read issue six and seven. I'll probably get this. I'm, 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 I'm going to get I'm going to, I've been re I'm like, I'm going to finish this animal man run that I'm on. Right. I'm reading. I went from Morrison and I'm reading from 88 all the way to 95 of this animal man run. I'm going to pause animal man. So I can read these two issues because I'm like, yep, this, I got to find out what happens. I, I put, in the, put in the chat. What do you think of the new artist? Yeah, I will yeah. totally, I'll totally let you know. I'm I, curious if it's for two issues or if it's for one issue. I want to know the context. I, there's got to, you two don't artists switch, on two different issues. I just you don't, yeah, you don't switch artists on, on a book like this unless there's context. I feel that there's a reason why you do it. Or someone got paid to go somewhere else. I would, if I were, I just feel like if I were Tinian and I were writing this and I lost the artist for long term, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to pause it. Yeah. So, so I just feel. I, go I feel there's I feel that there's got to be a reason. I've been on this dude for a while, not realizing that we picked the same book. I've been reading Batman, getting caught up on Batman. I'm finishing City of Bane. Oh yeah, Tinian's Tinian's writing Batman, and then yeah. Joker War looks pretty solid. I'm All looking right, forward y'all. to uh, reading these as they come out. 
sitting with uh, over the summertime a beer with my boys, looking through long boxes. Dan and I, we might have to go in and pick up these single. We might have to. We might be fighting at the comic book store for like the last single issues of these in the back orders. Cause I might have to, I might have to <laughs> shell out some cash as I'm sure these first couple issues are a little bit more pricey now just to have these in print form. So now educate me. Is this making waves? Is like, I, I, I don't know. So here's the deal. Travis and I don't know anything. We yeah. just pick books that we want to read. I don't read any comic book. Who news found yeah yeah i was i so i dig through comiXology and i go like oh that's an interesting cover right um and i'm like oh let's check because i've been travis and i've been trying to find like a newer image book because image is just kind of i haven't loved a lot of what they've put out recently and so i was like okay i'm gonna try to see if i can find some stuff i found the first issue and i was like oh this is this is this is wonderful (laughs) so i was like okay we're doing this book we're doing this book so that that's where it's all at uh folks thanks for tuning in we're glad you are here we're glad you joined us you can find all of our episodes uh over on the website comicexposure.com, or you can uh go ahead and find them on any podcast app that you use you can follow us on spotify you can like us and subscribe on itunes you can give us a rating uh you can tell your grandmother about us um hopefully she got the vaccine and you've got the vaccine and you can be in the same room together and you can tell grandma that you love uh comic exposure say hello to your uh, grandma you, for us yeah say hello to your grandma for us if you would like to adorn yourself for summer in a comic exposure t-shirt there are several versions it is going to be 99 in the valley tomorrow or on sunday uh, so hey Josh, can it's, we it's make? Do they have flip flops you can make with the the things on there? I would love I think some you make flip like, flops. I love some poolside Bruce the comic kaiju flip flops. God, sli- slide those on if you could make that the rubber part green and then the black slipper oh. with the little Bruce on. That'd there. be good. Who do you? Or hey, oh, if, side, side if question. We could get, if we could get your face on one and that's my nice. face on the other, that's nice. That'd be nice. I wear that. I wear my comic exposure shirt a lot. Though. Nice. I like. Um, second, uh, last question: Who would win in a fight, yeah. uh, uh, Godzilla or Bruce the Comic Kaiju, Josh? Oh, Bruce the Comic. Actually, Bruce the Comic Kaiju is not a fighter; he's a lover. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> uh, I do, uh, so uh, aside. I watched Kong versus Godzilla, and if you Me have too. not watched Godzilla versus Kong, you need to watch it. I watched it. It was a stupid amount of fun. Yeah, yeah it was, it, that's <laughs> it perfect. It's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, a stupid amount of fun. Dan, if you haven't watched it, get yourself HBO Max and watch well, it. Maybe you have HBO Max, maybe I will. Did you watch did you watch the four hour Justice League film? I know, and I yet. Not Do yet. it. I Travis know. and I Travis and I surprisingly better than that. we I, Travis, I surprisingly better than we thought it would be. I don't know. If I feel comfortable recommending, I mean, I enjoyed them both, but I don't know if I feel comfortable recommending Godzilla versus Kong or the Justice League Zack Snyder cut to anyone, especially Dan. Dan, I, there's about a dozen other things I'd recommend to you, but if you are really bored, watch those two things. <laughs> Godzilla was great, but I'm a nerd. Uh, anyways, you can find all of that on the website. You can you can find our shirts at. Uh, comicexposure.threadless.com or there's a link on the website comicexposure.com thank you for being with us we love you Uh, we appreciate you stay safe wash your hands wear that mask until you don't have to anymore and uh go get a freaking vaccine get right all right y'all that's good and uh you know what we'll see you next train